This is The Antidote on 92.7 FM. and I is from Gideon. I'm Dave Hawkins and this is the Anadona on Trent Radio. I think I've changed my mind about Buffalo being the armpit of New York State but of course now they're actually have turned out to be the snow belt of everywhere with <laughs> almost uh, six feet, two meters of snow but I think the reason I didn't like it is I guess because I had too many visits to too many venues that just needed to be bulldozed to improve their looks. Well, I headed down to the waiting room to listen to a few bands a couple of weeks ago and loved the spot, but the bands were even better than what the venue was. And I met up with Daniel McCartney of Gideon to talk about some of their past recordings and their brand new release, Calloused. This band exploded into the metal scene with the release of Cost back in 2011, and now you get to find out why. And here's Prodigal from Gideon's 2012 album, Milestone. Restoration! 
The antidote is in Buffalo to meet with one of the greats in the metal scene, Gideon. Daniel McCartney, guitarist of Gideon, is here with us. Man, it's good to have you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, so I announced Gideon as one of the greats. Are you ready to accept the role as being the greatest? Uh, not quite ready to accept uh, the greatest, but it's cool to uh, definitely be put in that category. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for listeners who aren't in the loop, can you give us a short background on Gideon? Yeah, Gideon, uh, we, just, we just put out our third record on Face Sound Records last Tuesday. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been touring since 2010. We've toured the world pretty much. Um, and, um, yeah, we just, you know, put out our third record. And I think it's a really good progression of our previous uh, records without abandoning the fan base that we did had already accumulated. So I'm really pumped on it. Everyone seems to like it so far. And so what about the new album? You've gone through a change in sound. Right. I mean, realistically, it's, you know, it's not a dramatic change from, you know, milestones or costs, but you have progressed. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think it's, uh, I think it's good to progress without abandoning your fan base and it's, it's tough to do. Um, but I think that we did it and so far the reaction has been all Gideon fans really like it. And it seems as though we're gaining new fans off of it, which is the point, um, you know, every time you put out a record, any band, they're going to lose a few fans because some fans just don't like it and they'll keep listening to Milestone and they'll keep coming to our shows, but they won't grow with us, you know, and that's okay. But, you know, the amount of new fans that we gain off the record hopefully will make, um, make that okay. Not saying that it's okay to lose fans, but if you're already going to lose some off of any record anyways, um, at least you would hope that you gain 10 times over. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, if we didn't, if kids didn't like it, we would have known an hour after we released it because it would have been on every social network uh, that we have. But uh, so far, so far, so good on it, definitely. Baby! 
Was this an intentional change? You wanted to progress this way? We absolutely wanted to progress. Um, you know, there's a little taste of it on milestones, some of the stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but we definitely wanted to progress. You know, we wanted to open up ourselves to a larger fan base while, like I said, while at the same time not abandoning our own, but we definitely intentionally did it. Like it was a conscious decision. We're going to write some stuff that's kind of like leans this way, but let's, you know, make sure we keep in this area as well. But you've been doing that even since the first EP. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which I do have, and I oh, do listen wow. to it. I know That's I'm old. Pretty wild. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. The first, e- actually, you know what? Um, you know, it wasn't Dan, yeah. uh, but I count the first material Gideon release as costs. I hate to not include the EP, but I mean, that was a completely different world and lineup, and we weren't touring. It was local shows and stuff. It, I'm still surprised that anyone has that. You know, to be honest, but. Um, I start from costs, and it's definitely been a progression over the last, uh, you know, we put out costs in 2011. So over the last three years, it's definitely been a pretty steady progression. Yeah, because you were picked up by Strike First, that sub-label of Face Down. Correct. We were picked up by Strike First. Um, Long story short, the the vocalist that was on our EP, we actually kicked out of the band. Um, And then I was our vocalist in the studio. I was going to, this is uh, probably something that most of our fans don't know, but... I was our vocalist in the studio, and I got in, and I'm and I'm just trying to do it, and I don't know how. I wasn't trained, so halfway through, we're like, we got to figure something out. Uh, we have like a week and a half left of recording. We got, we really got to like get this straight. So, called Dan. He lives in Mississippi. He drove three hours that night immediately to see us at three in the morning. Started recording vocals the next day, and that the rest is history. Literally, the rest that is history. That is absolutely brutal. Yeah, it's it was this most stressful 48 hours of my life. I think I remember crying. <laughs> like, it was that stressful. I mean, um, but when we sent Jason the record with Dan on it, they were literally like, wow, like, we have to bump this up. So it came out on Face Down. Try. What will we do 
kingdom-minded from the cost the first full length from gideon then our next track uh arise comes from their original ep and as daniel pointed out in that conversation it's totally different sound from their current and then we're going to head to gutter uh single found on milestone listen in Oh, God! 
one with Callist. I mean, he had a big change there. You went uh, with new producer with Will Putney. Yeah, he's a big deal. Yeah, we uh, Will's been putting on a very large sound um, lately, and we kind of wanted to. Um, Brian did cost and milestone. He's still one of my really good friends. I, I love him. Uh, he does a great job. Um, but with the sound progression, um, it kind of shifted a little bit of what the overall mix was going to sound like. And Will has been putting out a lot of things that we wanted that mix to sound like. Mm-hmm. So. Um, going with Will was a good decision though we we had a great time me and him hit it off like pretty much every idea we were on the same page about um, so it was uh, it was cool man like it was it's definitely kind of scary to switch producers but it was definitely successful okay but with that switch how much of the new sound is Will how much of it is Gideon the new sound is Gideon in fact when we first got to the studio some of the stuff we had Will actually shot down because he said it was too much of a new sound. You know, we were like, you know what, you're right. Like, we got to shift this around. And It's not uncommon to write in the studio where mm-hmm. he has it. A lot of bands actually write most of their record in the studio. We had a, we had over 50% of it done when we got there, but we did some rewriting, and, you know, now, with the help of Will, we got a, a great new sound, but at the same time, kept our identity. This is Daniel McCartney from Gideon. You found the antidote on Trent Radio.
It's dark. Got it's pretty some dark. Dark topics in it. Mm-hmm. The title song itself. Fill us in on that. It's very. It, there is some. There is some dark. Uh, but the most of it is pretty positive, though. The way that the, our, I think our, our, our approach on some of the songs are pretty dark. Um, Callous is very motivational, though. The chorus is calloused and cold, not afraid to fail. You know, life's not a bed of roses; it's a bed of nails, and it's a lot of the CD is like, look, you have to make decisions for yourself. Um, to have a better life. No one's going to make those for you. Um, you know, you pick yourself back up if you fall down. Um, it's very, actually one song has fall, get up, repeat. And that's one of the main lines. Um, you know, and that's what really what we wanted to portray in it. Uh, there's definitely, you know, we are a Christian band. There's some, uh, faith based songs. There's some not faith based songs. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, there's a couple like pretty dark songs, but the overall feeling of the whole record though is very a positive light. Um, and that's definitely what we wanted to go for. I thought Christians were never supposed to fail or fall ever. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like, I mean, the lyrical content is very like, comes from our drummer and our singer. Uh, but they definitely, you know, in a sense, you know, we we all fall every day, and it's um it's tough, man. And you know, that's a that's a funny thing that you said that, but it's tough because you know we obviously rely on God, but at the same time, you know, we have to make decisions for ourselves, and, um, you know, pretty much not expect people to baby us. You know what I'm saying? So I think, uh, I think a lot of that came from that. And I really hoped, you know, so far I've seen a lot of cool, like, you know, tweets and Instagrams and Facebooks about like, look, this is really motivating me. Even if it's like, dude, I lifted 250 pounds instead of 230 today. Like that to me is worth it because someone is bettering themselves because of what they heard from us. Um, so I'm excited about it.
had another song, World of Hurt. World of Hurt, very oh. dark song. And tell us, how did that come about? Um, World of Hurt, um, our singer, uh, sister, uh, struggled with suicide. That's pretty much where that came from. There's another song called Expose on the record, which is a little less, um, it's a little less uh, specific, mm-hmm. but it's also about suicide. Um, I had a friend of mine named Lando Gladness last year. He killed himself. Uh, I had a really, really hard time with it, and we weren't even best friends. In fact, we were acquaintances. He came to Gideon shows. We considered each other friends. If I saw him, we would chat for a couple minutes. We weren't really close friends, and you know, he it was really hard. Like it was very hard uh, to fathom that. Um, and uh, you know, I really wanted to make sure that it was a, a subject that we covered on our record because I knew that people would feel the personal approach on it mm-hmm. um, because it was coming from a heart, you know, that had experienced it, you know, so some of the lyrics I helped influence on Expose, uh, Dan and our drummer did all of World of Hurt, but um, yeah, I, I was glad to have, it's kind of the elephant in the room, not a lot of bands want to talk about it, but I was glad to have one or two songs on the record that covered that subject.
For an album like are you trying to get a single focus we've never been like milestone or cost didn't have one big thing mm-hmm. but they do have somewhat of the same approach and feeling to them a lot of the songs on callus have the same um, idea but their approaches are different uh, but i would say overall callus lyrically is a very motivating album um, it's very uplifting um, and at the same time, very real. There's a couple songs that approach, you know, talk about some pretty personal things. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, we usually don't have an entire theme per record, but at the same time, they're not like too sporadic all over the place. So, yeah. Well, of course, you're here in Buffalo. We're talking about the album that you're here playing tonight. Mm-hmm. When you go on tour, I mean, this tour, I guess you're on with uh, Being as an Ocean, Fit for a King, and Wolves at the Gate. But. Do the dynamics of your show change depending on who you tour with? Absolutely. Um, This is a tour where most of our fans are coming to the shows because a lot of our fans are the same as Fit for a King. A lot of our fans are the same as Being as an Ocean. A lot of our fans are the same as Wolves at the Gate. So these sets are pretty wild because it's all, you know, a lot of our fans. Now, we've done tours. You know, we did a tour, a Bleeding Through's Farewell tour. That was a little different. That was more of like, all right, we need to do a tour to branch out and gain more fans. So the crowds weren't as insane, but they all like enjoyed it, you know, and would come by. See, we sell more CDs on a tour like that because they don't have them. So there's every tour has a different dynamic. Uh, so you kind of have to weigh out like, am I going to do a tour that we're going to like gain a ton of fans off of and might not be as fun, but you know, or you can do tours like this where every once in a while to just like have six sets where people come watch and they have a blast, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good question, and there are definitely different dynamics to different tours. Okay, well, let's carry on with that then. How would Gideon define a great show? Okay, probably everyone would probably agree uh, with me on this, but my definition of a great show would be kids going crazy, singing along, uh, you know, just having a blast. I mean, really, like, I love the idea of a 300-capacity venue sold out with people going crazy to Gideon. I mean... That makes me feel so good. Everyone's in a good mood. We can chat with our fans. Um, you know, overall, man, when the, when the vibe is good at a show, everyone kind of feels more open. And so they'll come talk to us, maybe not be as nervous to talk or whatever. Not that we have a ton of kids that are like that, but um, 
to me, a sick show is, you know, kids just going wild. I mean, for, to, to be honest, like having a blast to our band, having a good time, going home, tweeting that they had more fun at that show than they've had at anything in a month, you know, if that's a good feeling. from the new Gideon release, Callist. Give you an idea of what a Gideon show is like. Well, following their set at the waiting room, the management asks the crowd to stop jumping because it turns out that a light fixture pulled out of the ceiling and fell onto the crowd on the lower level of the venue. So, yeah, it was fun. Okay, next week on The Antidote, we're going to head back to a topic we covered a few weeks ago. What happens when an awesome band finishes up? And that's what happened recently to both Under Oath and A Plea for Purging. But the members of those bands went on to form some new bands. Wait to hear what the transition in their sound is going to be all about. Well, listen, thanks for tuning in The Antidote on Trent Radio, 92.7 FM, Peterborough. Right now, we're going to head to the last of our talk with Gideon. And we're going to finish up The Antidote with Savage. We'll see you all again next week you got to get going soon, I know. So let's do a final thought. Here's either a simple or a hard question. Okay. Gideon's <coughs> worst or best day. Huh. Um, I'll, I'll actually go ahead and go with the worst day because it was from your country. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. <laughs> no. Okay, dump on Canada. No, no. I, we love Canada. But there was one of our first tours ever. Um, we toured Canada and I don't remember the name of the city, but it was a suburb actually near Toronto. It was just a suburb. We go to watch a movie. We went to Harry, see Harry Potter. It was into the, one of the Harry Potter movies. Um, we go inside. I went to Starbucks to, to get on my computer, just to hang out. 
I come back outside because I left something in the van and I noticed there's some people that are a little suspicious hanging out by our van but at the time I was like kind of young and honestly didn't have an idea well I go back in and I'm like I have a bad feeling so I go out and just robbed like so much stuff robbed I mean backpacks just they just opened the doors and just grabbed whatever they could and left definitely one of the lowest points for us absolutely that was a terrible feeling <laughs> that doesn't mean you're not going to come back nah, again nah, we it? go to Canada I mean we've been this year uh you know, we actually played Montreal last month, I think, uh, maybe two months ago. But uh, no, no, we got to Canada. I mean, you know, even if we didn't like it, we couldn't avoid it. But we do like it. It's a good time. And they let you cross the border. They do. We've never had a problem. None of us smoke marijuana. <laughs> None of us do that. <laughs> I'll crack the ice there. But every time we cross, when a band crosses, the first thing is, okay, the band probably has marijuana on them. Let's, you know, get them. Um so the last time we crossed, like, they, you know, they searched our van, and the lady got mad because we went to the restroom because she thought we were flushing weed down the toilet. <laughs> I'm just like, look, you know, we don't do that. Uh, but, I mean, I get it, though, because I wonder how many bands cross that do that. Yeah. So it can be kind of uh, troublesome to cross, but for whatever reason, we've never been denied, ever. The Antidote's been here with Daniel McCartney of Gideon. Daniel, thanks, man. This has been great. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Never came, never flow I've been the last man standing